Hey everyone and welcome back to Waste in Good Taste. I am Christina here again for another episode. If you're new here, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Today I'm actually going to be talking about the Dirty Dozen and something known as chemical soup. As we're all used to getting up in the morning, getting ready, showering, putting on makeup, all of the products that go onto our skin on a daily basis that we don't really give a second thought to, I'm kind of going to be digging in a bit more to those and letting you know that you should really be reading ingredients labels and one step further, knowing what to look out for, what not to buy, and a little bit of why not. So I'm going to start up with some facts, and most of the research is based out of the U.S., um, but there are some Canadian stats as well. So in a U.S. report, uh, it showed that one in eight of the 82,000 ingredients used in personal care products are industrial chemicals, including carcinogens, pesticide, reproductive toxins, and hormone disruptors. Many of them include plasticizers, chemicals that are used to keep concrete soft, degreasers, and many, many other bad things. So when you think about kind of who's trying to protect consumers from these types of ingredients being put into their products, commonly in the U.S., it's um, you see things that are FDA tested or certified organic in the food industry. But actually, there's really not many people safeguarding when it comes to cosmetics. The FDA does not approve cosmetics. This includes shampoos, soaps, shaving creams, perfumes, makeup, all the things that, again, we're using every day. We think about the food that goes into our body, at least I hope we do, but in the fact that we're using the same things on our skin, typically every single day we should really care more since the fda's launch in 1983 they have only banned eight ingredients and restricted three in canada we have over 600 banned or restricted ingredients whereas the european union they have way stricter rules they've banned or restricted about 1300 chemicals from cosmetics. I don't understand why it's not the same across all markets. We all have skin. Why can't we all have over 1300 banned? Does not make sense to me. There's published statistics in the US that show one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. Only about 10% of those women carry a gene for the disease. There are so many bad statistics, especially in the US where they don't have as many banned ingredients. In Canada, on average, every day, 67 Canadian women will be diagnosed with breast cancer and 14 will die. Asthma is becoming more common. How many people do you know that have psoriasis or the rise in acne and acne products and how some people just don't get better? We should be thinking about these things. Why are they happening? What can we do about it? Can we link it to the amount of plastic and garbage in the things we're putting on our skin every day? Or are we really just thinking it's coincidence and 
buying things like Clear Active or whatever the acne products on the market, how some of them have been linked to containing things like bleach for your skin. Do we really want that? Personal care and beauty products use about 12,000 different chemicals and nearly 90% of them have never been assessed for their impact on long-term health. Like, why? Why? Why do we want this? That's so bad. Consumers really need to become educated and know what's safe for them. Especially crazy considering the fact that the skin is the largest organ in our body and it's one of the places we tend to look last when it comes to living healthy and changing lifestyle habits. There are a couple of databases that I kind of looked into to get some of these stats, to get some of this information, but one of the databases that you can look into is called the Skin Deep Cosmetics Database. So it's under ewg.org slash skin deep, and they tell you about the toxicity level of everything from toothpaste to perfume. It's a good place to start especially if you want to learn more or if you just want to start with the basics because all of this is scary and overwhelming because trust me, I go through that too. I actually have a couple of products with me today that I'm going to talk about that I'm still using but want to finish up, but just the things that I didn't know even as someone that's in this industry that some things just kind of get overlooked. So chemical soup sounds nasty because it is. Chemical soup relates to the long-term and lasting effects of chemicals and bioaccumulation within your body. A lot of the research done points to what one chemical will do in connection with your body, but there's less studies about what that one chemical will do in relation to all of the other products that you're layering on on top of it. When you think of your makeup routine in the morning, foundation, concealer, primer, bronzer, blush, highlight, the millions of things that are coming out on the market seemingly daily, there's not a lot of studies of how all of those things are going to work when placed on top of your skin, on top of each other. So some of the biggest issues in personal care products are carcinogens, teratogens, endocrine disruptors, persistent and bioaccumulative chemicals, and things that come out like allergies, immunotoxicities, allergic reactions, like your ability to fight diseases. All of these things can come out of what you're putting on your skin and the buildup they have over time. And one of my personal, when I learned this, I was blown away, is when you look at a label and it just says fragrance. What does that even mean? When you look at it, it actually can indicate the presence of up to 4,000 different unlisted ingredients. They don't have to list what they are, they can just put fragrance and there's so many things behind that that they don't have to tell you. That's so wrong. Even things that say they're unscented, it doesn't mean there's not any of those chemicals in it. It actually can be related to chemicals used to take away the scent. It doesn't make one more harmful than the other. They're both nasty. So I'm going to start with 
the dirty dozen and how that's a good place to start and that's where i'm starting mostly so obviously here in canada we have the david suzuki foundation founded in 1989 and it's based on preserving the environment so in 2010 nine years ago now they published a list of cosmetic chemicals to avoid and it was kind of a printout of what consumers should be looking for in their products before they buy them and lets them know a little bit more about why they should be avoiding that other names they refer to things like that i'll put the link for this dirty dozen in the description box but i'll kind of go over some of them really quick and you'll notice a trend of if you can't pronounce it why are you putting it on your body i'll start from the bottom and go up triclosan triclosan i don't really know that one's that one's even tough that's just the first one so it's sometimes used as like an antibacterial agent so it has the ability to pass through your skin and is related to endocrine disruption and interfering with your hormones. We don't want that. It's toxic to a lot of things. How it's regulated is it can be put, it's allowed in amounts up to 0.03% in mouthwash and up to 0.3% in other cosmetics. The main issue with tri Closan is that many products that have the little pieces, the small amounts can add up. It it doesn't really go away. We don't really want that. So the number 11 on the list is sodium lauryl sulfate. So it's used to make products bubble and foam. We're really used to that in shampoos, shower gels, face cleansers, um, even in things like toothpaste when you think about it. Also, not great. Next one here is siloxanes. Wow, brutal. So this is a silicone-based compound, which is often used in cosmetics to kind of soften, smooth, moisten. It makes hair products dry more quickly, deodorants slide on easier, and they're used a lot in moisturizers and facial treatments. It can also be found in medical implants, things like that. No, cut that. So these on labels are not the word I can't even say, silo xanes. They're cyclotetracylcoxin and one that's similar like that. Not gonna try and pronounce it. So they are also persistent and have the potential to bioaccumulate, which means over time, even the small amounts that are allowed by the government can build up in your system and do damage.
So a related ingredient to that too is polydimethylsilicoxin. Polydimethylsiloxan. Brutal. It's also referred to as PDMS. We'll go with that. Next one up on here, petroleum. We know petroleum jellies, it's a mineral oil jelly. It's used as a barrier to lock in moisture and is often used in hair care products and make your hair shiny. So this product can be contaminated with polysicylic aromatic hydrocarbons and exposure to those included including skin contact over extended periods of time is associated with cancer bad bad news we don't want that the european union classifies this as a carcinogen and restricts its use in cosmetics but the eu is the only one that really does that everywhere else it's not there's no parallel restriction in canada there's no parallel restriction anywhere else it is flagged for future assessment right now. Um, hopefully that gets taken away from us soon. Cause, mm. Next one here. PEG compounds and their contaminants. Also petroleum-based compounds widely used in cosmetics. Um, they are also used in pharmaceuticals as laxatives. Do you really want that on your skin? Probably not. Uh, main flag here is carcinogenic contaminants, and there are no restrictions on the use of parabens in cosmetics in Canada. Bad news bears. The list goes on and on and on. PEG compounds, perfume, aka fragrances on there, parabens, formaldehyde-releasing preservatives dibutyl phthalates, DEA-related ingredients, coal tar dyes, BHA, and BHT. I'm going to flag that last one there because these are closely related to synthetic antioxidants used as preservatives in lipsticks and moisturizers. They're also in food preservatives, but they're really known for inducing allergic reactions and are human... are... um possible human carcinogens <coughs> so the european commission has or the in europe this is also flagged based on the evidence that it can interfere with hormone function and is um long-term exposure to high doses of bht in mice and rats um cause liver thyroid kidney problems affect lung function and blood coagulation it can act as a tumor promoter in certain situations why are we putting these things in our body not great um it is currently the use of bha and bht is unrestricted in canada although canada health canada Although Health Canada has categorized BHA as a high human health priority on the basis of carcinogen carcinogenicity and BHT as a modern 
as a moderate human health priority. They're flagged for future assessment. So obviously the EU prohibits the use of BHA as a fragrance and the state of California requires warning labels on products containing BHA, notifying consumers that this ingredient may cause cancer. If I saw that a product may cause cancer, I would not buy it and I hope none of you would buy them. Since we use these products every day, it blows my mind that we're all so willing to do these things in the name of beauty. Crazy. There are so many studies on how bad these things are for us. And I also know that natural products or the all green, 100% natural, truly natural products can be more expensive. On the market today, there are more alternatives that aren't as expensive. What happened to a good old bar of soap like our grandparents used to use or not needing to put acids and crazy things on our faces. And I hope this goes obviously here that I hope everyone realizes the need for cruelty-free products. Leaping Bunny certified, PETA cruelty-free certified, any certification that gives it some type of status. I hope everyone is looking for those. It is shown in studies that cruelty-free products actually are likely to be better for you than those that are tested on animals because in order to test products that are not getting tested on animals, they're likely being tested on actual humans to see how they react or on synthetic skin or in laboratories where things are much more accurate, (coughs) much more accurate based on the long-term effects. There are many people say, if you can't eat it, don't put it on your skin. It goes without saying, but I mean, people today eat all types of garbage so maybe depending on who you are go along with that rule I go if I can't pronounce it I don't think I want it on me so some products I brought to look at the labels and talk about today are things like makeup wipes The ones I have here, the ingredients are so long and I can't read half of them. Like if I tried, I'd just make a fool of myself. But there's PEGs in here, sodium hydroxide. This is so gross. I don't even want to use these. Obviously fragrance is on there. Wow, okay, I don't think I'm ever going to put that in my body again. I have a hair and body oil here. Some of these are a little bit better. Sunflower seed oil, shea oil. 
Another oil, another oil. But see at the end there's letters and numbers and dyes and gross things that I still don't think I want in my body but I'll probably end up using that because that doesn't seem to have too much terrible ingredients. I have micellar water here. Oh, there's some copper. Amazing. Magnesium, zinc. Oh, maybe those are supposed to be in there. Again, many things that I can't pronounce. I have a face wash that's mostly empty. Hopefully I'll finish it soon. Like what is hydro hydroxyacetophenone perfume again in there? Not good things. I have a deodorant here. Like there's so many bad things. I do want to also really draw attention to do not, do not buy deodorant that have an aluminum content in them. My mom raised me on this. I swear by this. You do not need aluminum in your deodorants, I promise you. And you'll be surprised at how many deodorants on the market have um, aluminum in them. You don't need it, I'm telling you. I now have a deodorant from a brand called Native that I can pronounce everything on the label. There is capric triglyceride, arrowroot powder, um, baking soda, shea butter, coconut oil, castor oil, beeswax, jojoba, way, way, way less bad than what I was using before. And I've been using natural deodorant for a long time, but it's one of the easiest switches you swipe it on under your arms every day, probably multiple times a day. You should really be thinking about what is in those products. What is in those products? The one I have here doesn't contain, oh, it does contain fragrance. So I do need to watch that. I am actually looking to making my own deodorant super easy to do. I already, basically have all of the ingredients here in my own home so it's something I'm willing to try it's just so important to take care of your skin especially in today's day and age where people want cheap and they want fast so they're willing to compromise on quality and ingredients to get those things and I really think people should either be investing more in their skin or looking for alternatives making your own something if you don't have the time 
maybe finding somewhere that's more handmade or just looking in the meantime realizing what you're putting on your skin and how that's going to affect your health in the long term because I think that's so important. Along the same lines, I want to remind everyone that I really hope you're washing your clothes after you buy them. The chemicals that were used in the dyeing process, finishing process, whatever it may be, should not be going directly onto your skin next. Your clothes also are up against your body all day, every day. If you're sweating, you have a higher potential of absorbing those chemicals into your skin. Just toss them in the quick wash after you buy them, before you wear them. Wash them inside out, obviously, to preserve your clothes the longest. <coughs> there are, are a lot of better ways we can be operating our day-to-day -day processes and if you can take enough time to think about the food you're putting into your body and that your body is processing and not what's going on to your skin day in day out I mean it's a start to know that these are things that are issues and it's really really gross <laughs> To be frank, it's it's pretty nasty. The things that we're willing to spend money on to have the potential even to get sick later in life. You always hear stories of women who are diagnosed with cancer or people that have something in their life happen to them and then start these natural beauty um natural beauty product lines where they want to inform people of the dangers of what they're putting in their bodies. I don't think it should take until people get to that point to start considering it or when you're older and you start have skin issues or you have more money to spend. I think investing in things like this now are worth it in the long run. I mean, maybe I'm just a hypochondriac and I don't want the possibility of getting sick later in life, but... I know there's probably people out there that have no idea that these products are not good for you or have never considered it and I wanted to raise awareness to the issue. I know it's not the most exciting topic in the world. It's more dark and scary than anything that people are getting away with this and there's no regulations against some of these ingredients, but it's worth looking into. It's worth educating yourself on more if you have the time. If not, the Dirty Dozen, David Suzuki Foundation, print out a list and the next time you're going to buy something, just take a look at the ingredients and ask yourself, is there a better product I could be buying and buy that instead? Or just try and, you know, use up what you have and maybe try and save some money to get some of the more natural products or heck, maybe I'll let you in on some recipes of things I'm going to be trying and whether they work or not and how much money I save in the process because at the end of the day that is my goal you know save money live better Walmart just kidding not a promotion for that <coughs> but for real I, I want to live better I want to save money and I want to be healthier and that's bottom line 
that's my goal at the end of the day and I hope you join me on that journey and you start considering these things as well. If you liked today's episode and you want to learn more, please remember to subscribe. It's always a good time over here on Waste and Good Taste Podcast. Follow me on social at Christina underscore... Follow me on Instagram at Christina's underscore roses. Spelt out in the description box. And... I hope you have a fabulous family day and long weekend, and I hope you hear from me soon.